This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. To the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you Suspense. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight in Hollywood, we are honored and happy to have with us one of the entertainment world's most distinguished gentlemen, Mr. Cary Grant. This becomes somewhat of an anniversary broadcast, since it was one year ago tonight that Mr. Grant inaugurated this series of suspense programs sponsored by Roma Wines. And in response to requests from our listeners, he will appear once more in the suspense play by Cornell Woolrich, which starred him on that occasion. And so with the Black Curtain, and with the performance of Cary Grant, we again hope to keep you in suspense. It began... Or rather, life began again for me, I guess you'd say. That day, on that street, my head was pounding terribly. I could hear all the noise and the people milling around. Everything was a jumble at first. All right, all right, gangway, let the doc through. Oh, I've seen it happen, Mr. Policeman. He was running, and boy, he really gave himself a clunk on the beam. Get back there now. Oh, my head. Take it easy, take it easy. His wallet fell out of his pocket, and a big boy grabbed it and ran away. Back, everybody, back. Give the doctor room. No, no, I'm okay. Never mind, doc, I'm okay. Uh, mm mm-hmm. There seems to be nothing much the matter with you, sir. No, I'm all right. I guess I can talk to him now, Doc. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, officer. Just a bad bump on the head, I think. Yeah, you're all right. You're all right. You can walk now, can't you? Sure, sure. Here, here. Let me brush you off. Oh, thanks. I'll be fine. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. What am I doing with an overcoat on? All right, now, mister. Just so they got it on the blotter. What's your name and where do you live? Um, Townsend. Frank Townsend, 820 Rutherford Street. Here, have a cigarette. You're still shaking. Oh, no, thanks. I don't smoke. Okay. Well, I'll be getting back. Stop in at the receiving hospital if you want us to check you out. Yes, I will. Hey, here's your hat, mister. I found it. Thanks, kid. That's all now. Come on, move along, move along. This guy's all right. Oh, thanks, son. Thanks. Hey, sorry about the fellow that got your wallet. Anyway, here's your cigar case, Mr. Townsend. Oh. I found it right alongside of you. But <laughs> I don't own a case. No, besides, look at the initials. D.N. I don't know. Same initials in the hat. See? D.N. Yes, but this isn't my hat. Don't you even know your own hat, mister? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. Where is this? What? Well, this street. You're on Tillery Street. Tillery Street? What am I doing on Tillery Street? <laughs> He's lost. <laughs> All right, now, sir. Uh, look, uh, my suggestion is that you go on home and go lie down. It's cold. Starting to snow again. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't leave me. Tell me, what... What happened? Well, you slipped on this icy sidewalk. Fell down, hit your head good and hard on the curb. You're up about 20 minutes. Wait. Wait. Ice on the sidewalk? Look at it. That street cleaning department ought to clear away that snow, too. But, but snow and ice? Sure. Why? Snow in July? July? It's December. December 1944. 1944? Uh, you better get on home, son. Good night. 
1944. December 1944. The last I remember was July 1941. Three years just gone. Amnesia. A black curtain comes down over your mind out of nowhere. That black curtain had been over my eyes for three years. Where had I been? Who had I been? I hadn't been Frank Townsend. I'd been someone else. D.N. Someone whose initials were D.N. I walked along Tillery Street thinking about it. Those three years. Well, I could have been married. I could have been a thief. I could... Something made me turn around on the street for a moment. And that was when I first saw him. Gray eyes talking to the cop who took my name. He looked up as I did. And then he started to walk rapidly in my direction. I backed away instinctively. Something about him spelled trouble. He called Hey! And came hey, you! Stop! Stop, Townsend! Stop! Townsend! Instinctively, I knew I should run. Get away from hey, him. Hey, you! I looked back as I ran to the corner. He had a gun in his hand. He raised it. Then I turned and ran for my life. <laughs> What lay behind that black curtain which separated Townsend from his past? Roma Wines are presenting Hollywood's distinguished Cary Grant as star of tonight's tale of Suspense. Haven't you often realized that many of life's finest enjoyments are simple and moderate rather than the opposite? I give you the words of a high and well-loved authority, Miss Elsa Maxwell, international expert on smart entertaining and gracious living. Good hospitality is always simple, genuine, and moderate. That is why I often suggest enjoyment of delicious Roma Sauterne when you have friends in to dinner or with your everyday meals. Serve this delicate golden Sauterne well-chilled with any food in any glasses you have. Special wine glasses are pretty, but not very important. Now, what can I add to such charming good sense as that? Maybe just this. Roma Sauterne and all Roma wines are the best that California's magnificent, sun-ripened grapes can provide. In glorious color, fragrance, and flavor. Protected for you by the ancient wine skill of Roma's famed wineries. That's why Roma wines and Roma quality do not vary, never fall short, but are always enjoyable. Unchanging high quality gives tremendous popularity to Roma wines and makes low cost possible. Only pennies a glass. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. R-O-M-A. Roma wines. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Mr. Cary Grant and the Black Curtain, a story well calculated to keep you in suspense. Why was that man following me with a gun? What did Gray Eyes want with me? I must have done something. I had to get away, someplace to be safe and think. I beat it down into the subway and hid. For two hours I stayed down there. I thought it all out carefully during those two hours. I knew I was on the spot for something. Gray Eyes meant business. What could it be? 
Who had I been during those last three years with that black curtain in front of them? Well, maybe I'd been a gangster, and he was one of a mob that wanted to rub me out. I didn't know. No identification, my wallet stolen, nothing in my pockets that would help. Just D.N. in the hat, and D.N. on the cigar case. D.N. My head was aching with worry, my stomach had panic in it. I had to find out who I'd been, what I'd done. But how? Where? Tillery Street. That's where I'd been when I woke up. Tillery Street. Well, maybe Gray Eyes would go back there, too, looking for me. But I had to take that chance. Tillery Street. Yes? Oh, good evening, Pop. Hello. Oh, hello there. Oh, oh, you know me. Sure. Couldn't see under that hat at first. What can I do for you? Uh, have you got an evening paper I could look at? No, sorry. Never read them. Too much trouble in the world these days, anyhow. Say, uh, how you been? You haven't been around two or three weeks. Oh, no? Well, I, I've been busy. Oh, look, Pop. Yeah? I, I made a bet with a friend of mine that uh, even though you see so many customers, you'd walk right up and give me my full name. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I don't know it. I don't think I ever heard your name. Oh. But, but I know your girl. Yeah. My girl? Uh-huh. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Well, now... Now, maybe I can still win my bet. Why, of course. Ruth lives right across the street at Tillery Apartments. Oh, well, that's right. Ruth. Ah, ah, but now, what apartment? Apartment 3C, of course. 3C. Don't I take the sandwiches up there every night? 3C. Yeah. Yes, well, thanks. Will you win your bet, mister? Huh? Oh, yes, I think I will. Uh, what is your name so as I'll know it next time? I'll tell you tomorrow. I hope. So long. So long, Pop. Obviously. What's the matter? Drop something? No, nothing. Nothing. Just tying my shoe. I'd just been going to walk out when I saw him. Standing across the street. Gray eyes again. I ducked down behind the store window and watched him. He looked over in my direction. And then up and down the street. And then he lit a cigarette and strolled down to the corner. The minute he disappeared, I yanked the door open, dashed out, and ran across the Tillery apartments and went in. me. Dan! Oh, Danny, where are you? Get in here. Oh, darling, it's really you. I thought... Hello, Ruth. Oh, Danny, why did you come here? He's been around twice today. He may be in the neighborhood right now, for all you know. Yes, who? Who? Well, Slattery, of course. Slattery. Oh. Has he got gray eyes? What? Yeah. Did you ever see a detective that didn't? No. Oh, sure, sure. Danny, what's the matter with you? You're acting so strangely. Well, I... I just want to look at you. You seem so different, so far away. You haven't kissed me. Well, that's easily fixed. Oh, darling, where have you been for three weeks? Oh, all around. Miss me? Oh, you know I did. Danny, Danny, do you suppose... Do you think we could get away tonight? I've got $3,000 saved up. We could go to Mexico or South America and we could get married. 
Mr. and Mrs. Daniel Nearing, who tour the world. Daniel Nearing. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Sounds plenty good to me. Yeah. Oh, you'll never know how good. And we'll get out of here tonight. I'll call up and tell them I'm quitting my job. I I'll say I'm sick. All my stuff's here. Nothing's out there but a couple of uniforms. <laughs> I'll make Ada and Franklin a present of those. Ada and Franklin? Oh, don't you bother your head about those two. They weren't glad when it happened. A couple of vultures. Bye to them. Oh, with you back, Kenny, with you back. Just think with my 3,000 we Well, do you think you, uh, you ought to quit your job? Well, absolutely, I think so. <laughs> I never was cut out to be a nurse anyway. No, you weren't. Um, any more than, uh, than I was... Any more uh, than you were meant to be a secretary. I, uh, that's right. <laughs> I never wanted to be a secretary. I just drifted into it, I guess. It kind of got on my nerves, especially toward the end. The, uh... The boss was no cinch to work for. Oh, he certainly wasn't. He was a rat. Oh, the whole Dietrich bunch are mean, rotten. The whole family. Yeah, that's right. All except the old man. Oh, the old man. Yes. I sort of liked him, didn't I? Mm -hmm. He loves you too, Danny. I think he wished you'd been his son. Poor old man. He's the only reason I've stuck around out there this long. Uh -huh. How are things out there? Oh, they've been questioning all of us. They've laid off lately, though, since you... Oh, don't let's talk anymore about it. You're back. That's the main thing. I want to forget New Jericho and the whole... New Jericho, huh? Yes. Oh, Danny. Danny, if only it hadn't happened. What hadn't? You know what. Danny, what's going to become of you and me? I wish I knew. Danny, get away from that window. Leave that shade down. He's down there. Who? Gray eyes. He's standing in front of the hydrant. He's coming in here, in the building. Oh, did you see you? Look, Ruth, will you help me? What are you going to do? Give myself up. No, no! Well, it's better than getting shot at. What can they do to me? You crazy fool, they can send you to the chair. The chair? Well, what do you think happens to a man when he's guilty of murder? Murder? Ruth, listen to me. I'm not a murderer. But the whole world says I committed murder. I say I didn't. The me that's in me says I didn't. I never said you were, Danny. I always said you didn't do it. But they found the body and they... Oh, if only you hadn't run away. Oh, so that's it. All right, Nearing. Open up. Oh, why did you come here, Danny? Why? Why? Ruth, quick. Come We've got to get out of here. How about the fire escape? Shaft! Dumbwaiter! Dumbwaiter! Oh, in here. Lock that kitchen door, quick. Now get in. I'll stand on top and work the ropes. I don't think you can hold us both. It's got to. Now, can you hear me? Yes, Danny. Danny, what do we do? We're going back there to New Jericho. New Jericho? Oh, no, Daddy, don't. Don't, please. For me, don't, don't. I've got to. I've got to find out. Oh. We're going together. No, no, Daddy, no. I've got the money. We can get out of here and... Now, stop it. Oh, Daddy, my arm. Oh, you're hurting me. From here on in, we're sticking together. You're going to take me back there, Ruth. Back where it happened. All right, darling. Crazy, but I'll go wherever you go. I can't lose you again. On the train, Ruth and I said very little to each other. While I'd hidden the telephone booth at Pennsylvania Station, she'd bought us a couple of cheap overcoats. And I sat hunched up in mine, thinking. Thinking. Hm. Ruth had brought along the newspaper clippings. 
I looked at what they said for the 20th time, trying to see if there was anything there that would help me. Dietrich Slayer's sword, it said. Secretary wanted in brutal slaying at suburban estate. Police suppressing the search for Daniel Nearing, secretary in the employ of the late John Dietrich, 58, member of a well-known local family who was shot and killed in the drawing room of his new Jericho estate on the morning of November the 7th. Nearing disappeared November the 7th, on the morning of which date he is known to have had a bitter quarrel with the deceased. This last was attested to at the inquest by Ada and Franklin Dietrich, widow and brother of the murdered man. Well, I had all the facts now. <laughs> Wanted for murder. And yet everything that was in me told me that no matter who I'd been, however many memories I'd lost, that I was no killer, and I just couldn't no have... Jericho! Oh, I had to get into the Dietrich house and stand again in that room where it had all happened. Maybe something would come back to me. Maybe there would be oh, something. Jericho! anything about you being out here on your day off? Yeah, I had to make some crack. But I said I had nothing to do in town and came out to write some letters. Let's go, then. Oh. Danny, I'm scared. Please, let's not stay here. Now you said you loved me. I do, Danny, I do. That's why I'm scared. They're only going to the village. I'll be back in half an hour at the most. Open the door, Ruth. Hurry. I've got to see the inside. That room. The place where it happened. No, it's wrong, Danny. I'm telling you, you're crazy. They'll find you. Open the door, Ruth. Quickly. All right. Now, let's have a look at that room. Please, Danny, don't. Don't talk about it, please. Ah. So this is where I'm supposed to have murdered John Dietrich? Danny, please. Where was it? Show me exactly where it was, Ruth. I've got to know. It was there. Right there. He was standing by the grandfather's clock when he... Are you going crazy, Danny? If they get you, you'll hang. By the clock. You still believe me, don't you, Ruth? I believe you, Danny, but I'm scared. I love you. Wait, Ruth. What's that? Listen. That's only the old man. He's asleep in that room off there. Don't go in there, Danny. Don't please, you'll wake him. I want to see him. No. Don't, Danny. No, he can't help you. You know he's paralyzed and he can't talk. Turn on the light. I want to see him. There, you're walking. It's me, Mr. Dietrich. Ruth. This is Danny. You remember Danny, don't you? Hello, Mr. Dietrich. See how his eyes are shining? Yes. Tell me, was he here when it happened? You know that, Danny. Why do you ask such funny questions? He's been in bed here for five years. Yes? Well, that mirror. On the wall here. That clock. Look! You can see the grandfather's clock in the other room. What are you getting at, Danny? Well, he could see it. The old man could see the murder through the mirror. Oh, if he only could talk. But he can't talk. You scare me, Danny. Don't... He saw the man who killed John Dietrich. Look. He understands what I'm saying. He's blinking his eyes. Oh, stop torturing him, Danny. Can't you see what you're doing to He's him? He's trying to say something. Look. His eyes are blinking. He's going to help me. Go outside and watch, Ruth. Go on. Oh, I'll watch out of the entrance way. Be careful, Danny. They'll be back any minute. Leave me alone with I'll them. I'll call if I hear them coming. Look now, Mr. Dietrich, don't be afraid. 
I'm going to ask you a question, and I'd like you to answer me. Are you trying to tell me something about the murder? Now, blink your eyes. Blink twice if you are. That's it. Once, twice. That's good. Did you see it happen here in your mirror? Blink once if the answer is no. Twice if the answer is yes. Once, twice. You did, huh? You saw it. All right, Mr. Dietrich. Now then, is the murderer in this house... Denny, Denny, they're coming. Grandpa and Nader, get out of here and hide. Run, Denny, run! Is the murderer in this house? Blink once for no, twice for yes. Yes, in this house. Denny, Denny, they're coming. Wait, wait, I've almost got it. Mr. Dietrich, was it me? Once for no, twice for yes. Was it me? Get out of here, Danny, into the big room there, behind the curtains. I'll talk to them. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Dietrich. I'll be back. Ruth? Ruth? Is that you in Father's room? Yes, Mrs. Dietrich. Are you here alone? Why, yes. Why? We, uh, we thought we heard voices. What are you so jittery about, Ruth? I'm, I'm tired, that's all. May I go to bed now? Father's still awake, Ruth. Well, he'll go to sleep, all right. I I'm going upstairs, Mrs. Dietrich, now. Good night, Ruth. Good night. She's brought someone back here with her. It's him, I think. Who? Dan? Oh, Franklin. Take it easy, darling. Take it easy. If he's here, we'll get him. After the evidence we gave against him at the hearing. Oh, I'm scared. Let's get out of here fast. I'll go to the village for the no, police. No, no. Call the police. Here, I'll do it. Hello? Hello? Too late. Instead, the wires have been cut. Come on, we'll both drive to the village. But he may be waiting for us out by the car. Uh. What? Oh. What are you doing there, Franklin? I think I might just need my gun. Come on, let's be on our way. The moment they left the house, I made for the old man's room. I called for Ruth, but she was gone. Maybe Franklin and Ada had caught her after she cut the telephone wire, but I couldn't wait. My life was hanging on minutes now. I shot the flashlight on the old man's face again. Now, Mr. Dietrich, you're helping me fine. You know I'm trying to save my life, don't you? Now, the murderer. Was it me? Was it me who did it? Me, Danny Nearing. Blink once for no. One, once. You're sure? You're sure it wasn't me? Oh, you're smiling, Mr. Dietrich, smiling. Now, now it was somebody in this house. And who was it? Oh, can't you make a sound? Help me, you've got to. Was it Ada? Twice for yes, once for no. Once, not Ada. All right, then. Was it Franklin? Up with the hands, Mary, or you'll never go to trial. Franklin, wait a minute, you've got to listen. I've got to. Flashlight. So you're trying to kill the old man, too, eh? The murderer returns to the scene of his crime. You know I didn't kill him. Tell it to the police. It'll have them here in a couple of minutes. Where's your girlfriend, Ruth? She's not here. I don't know where she went. Never mind. They'll find her. <laughs> You're a dead duck, Neeling. You killed my brother and beat it. What did you ever get out of it? That's always puzzled me. You killed your brother. And now you're going to kill me. <laughs> You've gone nuts, too. Why should I kill my own brother, you idiot? To get his share of the estate. And his wife, Ada, among other things. But you can't stop with killing me. Someone else knows the truth. The old man saw it in the mirror. What? Yes. You'll have to kill your own father, The too. old man saw it. How do you know? He told me. You're lying. He can't talk. He can't even move. He can hear. And he can blink his eyes. 
Come over here and look. Look here, you. Oh, I had to do it. I heard him. He was going to kill you. Here's the gun, Daddy. Take it. You'll be all right. Ruth, Ruth, you shouldn't have done that. In another minute. Why, why I'm not sure it was Frank. Oh, Dad, please, please, let's run for it. They'll be here in a second. It's your last chance. They'll all swear you did it. Not if I can be with the old man another half a minute. Mr. Dietrich. Mr. Dietrich, it's Danny again. No, Danny, don't, don't, don't. Tell me, Mr. Dietrich, was it Franklin? Did Franklin kill your son, John? Blink once if he did. Well, what's the matter, Mr. Dietrich? Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. Well, why are you afraid? Oh, he's afraid, Ruth. Oh, it's this gun. Here, take the gun, Ruth. You take it. He's afraid. I'm not going to hurt you, Mr. Dietrich. Well, what's the matter? Why didn't you answer me? Who killed John Dietrich? It wasn't me. It wasn't Ada. It wasn't Franklin. But someone in the house. Was it... Ruth? Ruth! You! I told you, I told you not to come. Oh, I love you, Danny. I wanted you. I wouldn't have let them get you. Oh, why? Why, Ruth? Why did you kill John Dietrich? He was always after me. He wouldn't leave me alone. I hated him. And then at night he came at me, threatened me, said he'd kill me. He couldn't have me. Nobody could. He had a gun, Danny, and I got it away from him. He hit the clock. He leaned against it. I thought he'd never fall down. Die. It was the day you ran away, and I was crazy. They thought it was you, and they started looking. You? Why was it you? I love you, Danny. I love you. I begged you not to come back here. Ruth, please, put down that gun. No. Stand back, Danny. Stay over there. I just want to look at you. I was hoping we could get away together. But you've been through enough, Danny. And all because of me. Now you're clear, Danny. And this is going to clear me. Darling. Ruth, dear. Ruth. about all there is to tell. I've tried to put it all behind me, to resume my life where it left off three and a half years ago. <laughs> Sometimes when it gets toward evening, I go and walk along Tillery Street, and once in a while, somebody, somebody I don't know, will say, hello, Danny, and I just say hello and walk on. I don't want to find out anything more. I want it all to die away and be still, and it will, all except Ruth. Because somewhere behind that black curtain, I was loved and loved someone. We must have known a love that I'll never know again. And so closes The Black Curtain, starring Cary Grant. Tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. We are sometimes asked, why does Miss Elsa Maxwell always say it is smart to serve Roma wine? Her explanation is simple. It is smart to serve Roma wine, first of all, because Roma wines are so delicious, so good with food or any time. It is smart further because Roma wine affords simple pleasure, 
enjoyment that is truly moderate. Finally, it is smart because it is such an easy and inexpensive addition to hospitality and everyday living. Yes, in every way, it is smart to serve and enjoy Roma wines. They are California's finest, always good, unvaryingly fine in flavor and quality. And remember, the cost is only pennies a glass. More Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. This is Gary Grant. I certainly enjoyed reappearing tonight on Suspense. It's a program I've always admired tremendously, and it's achieved a distinguished success during this past year. Two weeks from tonight, my friend Robert Montgomery will be your star in one of the really all-time great suspense plays, The Lodger. Next Thursday, there will be no performance of Suspense, because the time will be given over to a special Pearl Harbor Day program on behalf of the Six Warlone Drive. And that brings me to the seven most important words I could say to you at this time. Buy more war bonds and save them. Thank you, Mr. Grant. Two weeks from tonight, on December 14th, Mr. Robert Montgomery will be your star of... Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special, limited-time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001STORIES at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001STORIES at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. The story is Turnabout, written for suspense by Jay Bennett. The thing was done, consummated. Sleep was now death. And nothing had marked the transition. Not a scream, not a gasp, nothing. 
Nothing but the dull thud the gun butt had made when it came down once, twice, three times. And then Walter Carlton went out of the night-filled room as silently as he'd come in and went home. Oh, it's you, sir. Yes, Robert. Do you enjoy the concert, sir? Very much, Robert. Make me a cocktail like a good fellow. Bring me a magazine. Yes, Mr. Carlton. He sipped his cocktail and lazily turned the pages of Esquire. Stopped at a Hemingway story, read it, and liked it. Turned a few more pages, then looked up and said, Oh, Robert. Yes, Mr. Carlton? Pack my bags for me, will you? I'm uh, going on a trip in the morning. Oh, will you be away long, sir? That all depends, Robert. That all depends. In the morning, he said goodbye to Robert at Grand Central Station, then boarded the train and got off at the very first stop. Went back to Grand Central Station, got into a phone booth and called up Martin Ross, the district attorney. It's good to hear from you, Walter. I've been rather busy, Martin. You know how the stock market's been lately. How about you? Oh, pretty quiet until early this morning. Yes? Police found some down and outer in a furnished room on the west side. It's skull bashed in. Oh, that's too bad. Martin, uh, I feel that I've been neglecting my friends. So, I'm inviting myself over for dinner tonight. Why, certainly, Walter. We'd be glad to have you. Good. And have Emily trot out that roast duck and wine sauce recipes of hers, huh? Otherwise, I don't come. <laughs> You'll have your roast duck. Good. Be here at seven, Walter. At seven, Martin. Oh, Walter, you certainly can spin yarn. Just look at Billy. His eyes are popping out. Now, Billy, it's time you went to bed, dear. But, Mother, just... Now, we let you stay up two extra hours, son. All right. Good night. Good night, Mr. Carlton. Oh, Billy. Yeah? Why don't you call me Walter? Uncle Walter, hmm? I think it's time you did. Can I? Of course. Gosh! Good night, Uncle Walter. Good night, Billy. Oh, this is ideal. Rustic seclusion and yet a mere 40 miles from the city. Ideal. Yes, it is. I've always wanted this sort of life. Gets a bit inconvenient, though, when a case pops up and I have to be in town a lot. Mm, yes, that rooming house murder. How are you progressing? Well, I... <laughs> Emily doesn't like to hear about such things. Oh, I understand. Tell me anyway. What? Now, Walter. How are you progressing? Why are you so interested in this case? Because I am the murderer. The murderer? Oh, Walter. Oh, 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 Walter. <laughs> You're a car. Meow. What are you doing Meow. with that cat? Meow. Walter. That gun. Walter, where did you get a gun? Walter, what are you... Martin, wasn't this the way that Todd Blake was killed? Something blunt and hard brought down with force on the... I think now you believe that I murdered Blake. I'll be going up to bed now. And uh, perhaps I should tell you that I'm sharing Billy's room tonight. What? Mm -hmm. The door will be barricaded. And the slightest effort on anyone's part to get in will... Well, I'll leave it to your imagination. Oh, you, you... You wouldn't. Martin, no. Martin, the first killing is the hardest. 
Let me assure you that the transition from cat to child is a very simple one to make. See you in the morning. I can't eat, Martin. Oh, I... you've got to, Emily. He mustn't suspect. Here they come. Good morning, Martin. Emily? Good morning, Billy. Gee, but I'm hungry. Like a man-eating lion, huh, Billy? <laughs> Here, you sit next to me, huh? But I always sit next to... Can I, Mother? Sure you can, Billy. Can't he, Emily? Uh, yes. Over here, Billy. Or I can keep a good eye on you. In case there are any tigers about. Billy, eat your food. Yes, Mother. Oh, Billy? Yes? Billy, I'll bet my eggs are better than yours. Emily, they're made exactly as I always eat them. You're a great hostess. Billy, how about tasting them for me? Walter, you're not going Here to... Here you are, Billy. Take the spoon, partner. Sure, Uncle Walter. Now eat. Billy, no! Mother, you hit the spoon from my mouth. Why? Yes, Emily, Why? It's 9.30, Martin. Aren't you going to your office? No. I think you'd better. I want you to go through your daily routine as though I were not here. I'm not leaving my wife and child alone with you. Do what you want with me, but I'm not going. Get into your coat, Martin. Emily or Billy will be in this house at all times. And the first bad move you make will be their last. How long do you think you can get away with this? Until justice is done. Justice. Until the murderer is brought to the bar of justice and made to pay the supreme penalty. What are you talking about, anyway? You'll be enlightened in due time. Now, get to your office. And be sure you remember what I said about bad moves. What is it, Cobb? I just got something on the Blake case. We've been pumping sweats in the janitor. He's the one who discovered the body. So... Well, this Blake wasn't too nice a guy. He and Swenson didn't get along. Almost got into a fist fight one day, and then... Hey, you're not even listening to me. I'm listening. Well, Chief, I think you should hold Swenson for more questioning. Let him go. Now, Chief, let me spell this out for you. Swenson is the one who finds Blake dead. He says he went up to ask about the rent. Well, it's pretty convenient that rent day fell on that morning, isn't it? Yes, convenient. Yeah. Claims he knocked on the door, got no answer, so he takes out his pass key and goes in. Story smells too pat for me. He thought of everything. What'd you say? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Let Swenson go. Oh, but chief, we ought... Oh, okay. You're the boss. Uncle Walter. Well, and then the Maharaja said, Sahib, it is time for little boys to go upstairs to bed. Aww. <laughs> go ahead. I'll be up later and we'll build the fort again. You promise? Promise. Now, say good night to Mother and Dad. Good night, Mother. Good night, Billy. Good night, Dad. Good night. Martin, do you know that Emily hates me? Tell him, Emily. Why don't you let him alone? Walter. What happened? Emily thought she'd become brave. Tried to dash a cup of tea into my face, hoping that would give her a chance to grab my gun from my shoulder holster. Emily! Stop it, Walter. Unfortunately, I was too quick for her. I sent Billy out of the house on an errand and took the hot tea kettle and... You... That's why she's wearing a long sleeve dress, Martin. What? 
Roll up your sleeve, Emily, and show him your arm. Oh, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. No, no, Emily, Emily, let me go. Emily, let me go. No, it's no use, Martin. It's no use, I tell you. I think you'd better listen to her. It really is no use. In just a moment, we will return for the concluding act of... Suspense. Welcome, recording star Mel Torme. It's terrible trying to sing with a bad cold. So I always take four-way cold tablets to relieve cold miseries fast. Good idea. Tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting. Four-way starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. When you catch cold, try my way. Take four-way cold tablets. The fast way to relieve cold distress and feel better quickly. Four-way, only 29 cents. Our program will continue in a moment after a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. To get rid of embarrassing dandruff in three minutes, change to Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep unsightly dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair, rub in one minute. Add water, lather one minute, then rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch and embarrassing dandruff's gone. At the same time, Fitch can brighten hair up to 35%. Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo today. Martin, I'd like to speak to you. What do you want? You're disappointing me. What do you mean? By not bringing the murderer to justice... I'm getting impatient. You're the only murderer I can bring to justice. Mm, you're wrong. Swenson could be the man. Walter, I swear... It should be simple to steamroller a jury into a verdict, build fact upon fact, invent some. Should be simple for one so competent as you. Never. Never is a long time, Martin. Death is also a long time. I won't do it. Martin, listen to me. Uh, a number of years ago, before I met you, I had a wife. I was quite in love with her. Todd Blake wrecked my marriage. He was never any good. I swore then and there that when the time was ripe, I'd kill him. You, you waited all these years? Mm -hmm. Waited and planned every little detail. I'm not sending an innocent man to the chair. Then I advise you to pick up that phone and inform the police that I'm the murderer. What? But when they get here, they'll find Emily, Billy, and probably you quite dead. Don't you see, you fool, that if I'm to go, then I'll go pulling the house down with me? This is District Attorney Ross speaking. Have John Swenson picked up and booked for the murder of Todd Blake. doing very well, Martin. Extremely well. Why don't you let us alone? Ah, but I'm complimenting him, Emily. All the newspapers praise Martin's presentation of his case in court. Why must you go... Motive? A bitter personal grudge. Weapon? A hammer in Swenson's tool chest. Fact upon fact. 
Oh, excellent. Excellent, oh, Martin. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, I'm sorry, Martin. I was merely commending your legal ability to build fact upon fact. You know, there's a brilliant example of that in Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Raskolnikov had a conscience. You're right. Therein, Dostoevsky's hero and I differ. Raskolnikov had a conscience. While I, the will to live. Therefore, John Swenson must die. The defendant will rise and approach the bar. John Swenson, after a trial by jury of your peers under due process of law, you have been found guilty of murder in the first degree. And I hereby sentence to die in the electric chair on midnight of February the 3rd in the year 1900. Hello, Martin. You're home early. Nothing much to do at the office. Of course. Now, uh, let me search you before you enter. Normal procedure, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm -hmm. well, you can come in now. Emily. What is it, Martin? He's gone up to sleep now. Yes? Emily, there's a gun in the driveway hedge. I hid it there before I came in this evening. Martin. I'm going out to get it. When he gets up in the morning, somehow or other, I'll kill him. Don't go out there, please. I'm not standing for any more. I'm getting that gun. No, no, Martin. He's too smart for this it. This time, I'm smarter. He's upstairs with Billy. He won't even know I've gone out of the house. He'll know. Walter always knows. I'm taking that chance. I'm getting it. Please, Martin. Hello, Martin. Walter. Yes, Martin. I thought I'd come out for some air, so I opened the window quietly, not to disturb Billy's sleep, slid down the porch roof and into the garden. <clears throat> I think I did it better than Douglas Fairbanks ever did in the movies, don't you? You've got the gun. I have. You fool. I watch every move you make, from the instant you step out of your car till you're in the house. Every day I do it. Take off your shirt. Oh, why? Then I'll rip it off. Yeah. Now I have something prepared for you. A piece of rubber hose. Exactly. It doesn't tear or bruise the skin, but will do an effective job. Oh! You're a fool. <laughs> you want things this way? Good. <laughs> get up. Come on, get up. That's it. Now, get on to the house. Go ahead. You feel as though your back and ribs are broken. It's hard to breathe. Did it pay you, fool? In a few more days, I'll be out of your life for good. Right, now get into the house. Get in. My, Martin! Oh, everything. Oh, my darling. Take him upstairs. Phone his office in the morning and tell them that the district attorney won't be in for a few days. He has a cold. Hello, Chief. It's good to see you back in the office again. 
Hello, Cobb. How's your cold? Better? Cold? Oh, yes, yes, it's better. Oh, you look all worn out. I'm all right. Swenson case getting you down? He gets the works tonight, you know. I said I'm all right. Oh, you can't fool me, Chief. Been with you long enough to know how you feel whenever you have to send somebody to the chair. You're too good a guy for this grind. <laughs> I'm a good guy, eh, Cobb? None better. Oh, uh, Swenson's mother's in town. What? Yeah, seems she got wind of what's happening. She was up to visit Swenson. Yes? Been trying to see you, but I had the boy shoo her away. Nice little old lady, about 80 or so. Feel sorry for her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to. Sure, sure, Chief, I understand. Oh, you understand nothing. You... Oh, I'm sorry, Cobb. My nerves are shot. I'm going home. Take it easy, fellow, huh? Cobb. Hmm? I want to tell you something. Mm -hmm. I... It's no use. Well? No, it's, it's nothing, Cobb. Are you expecting anybody, Martin? No. You, Emily? No. Answer it, Emily. Yes. And Emily, a few more hours and you'll be rid of me forever. Remember that. Yes. Tell me what the Maharaja said, Uncle Walter. Uh, of course, Billy. Now, when the Maharaja started speaking, I took out my gun as I'm doing now. Walter. Merely telling the child a story, Martin. A story which may have a tragic ending. So, Billy, the Maharaja said to me, Sahib, I have never seen such shooting in my born days. Why, that tiger was a full mile away from you and... A yet... mile? Yes, that's right, Billy. I was riding along on my elephant, uh, Punda, when I saw, dim in the distance, the fierce form of the man-eating tiger. Gee! I unslung my rifle and started to adjust the sights when... Yes, Emily? It's Swenson's mother. What? What does she want, Emily? To speak to Martin. She won't go away. I won't talk with her. I don't want to see her. Of course you won't talk with her, Martin. The way you are tonight, your tongue's likely to go off like a half-cocked gun. She never saw you. So, I'll substitute for you. I don't want to see her, I tell you. Relax, Martin. Just as soon as you know Swenson's beyond saving, you'll be yourself again. In time, you'll forget he ever lived. Where is she, Emily? In the living room. Come along. Uncle Walter, you didn't finish the story. I'll finish it, Billy. All right, Emily. Just let me look over your shoulder into the room. Mm -hmm. And now I'll holster my gun and we'll go in. And Mr. Ross? Yes. I'll just close the door, Mrs. Swenson, so we won't be disturbed. This is Mrs. Ross. Now, what can I do for you, madam? Mr. Ross, isn't there something you would do for my son? Mm, no, nothing, Mrs. Swenson. But he's a good man. He did no wrong. Well, that he's good, I have no doubt at all, but he made a mistake. Surely, madam, one must pay for one's mistakes. But he is a good man. He did no wrong. To kill is wrong. The Bible tells you that. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. He's a good man. He did not kill. But the law says that he did. You threw sand into the eyes of the law. My son did not kill. I only followed the truth, madam. You can save my son. I can't. Believe me, if I could, nothing would stand in my way. Then it's no use. Go back to the city, madam. 
May you find comfort for your grief. I walked the road from the station with little hope. I'll go back on it with no hope. Time will heal. It always does. Time will not heal me. I'll go down to the grave with my sorrow. Please, Mrs. Swenson. I'll wipe my tears away and go. Oh, I can't find my handkerchief in my pocketbook. The tears blind my eyes. Here, let me help you. But I find this in my pocketbook. Put down that gun. An eye for an eye. Put it down. I'm not Ross. Mrs. Swenson, you you killed him. An eye for an eye. You know what you've done. Emily, Emily. She had a gun hidden in her purse. Oh, Mrs. Swenson. Listen to me. You've saved your son, do you hear? Oh, you don't know what you've done. You... Emily... I'm phoning the first... Yes. Yes, uh, Mrs. Swenson, everything's going to be all right now. You didn't kill the district attorney. You... Oh, Mrs. Swenson, my husband will see to it that... Uncle Walter! Uncle Walter! Billy. Billy, come away from him. Uncle Walter! Billy, he's dead. Please, child. Uncle Walter! Uncle Walter... You didn't finish the story. Suspense. You've been listening to Turnabout, written for Suspense by Jay Bennett. In a moment, the names of our players and a word about next week's story of Suspense. Are you all out of tune because you're irregular? Then help yourself get back in tune with Kellogg's All Brand. You'll feel right on pitch when Kellogg's All Brand goes gently to work, relieves constipation due to lack of bulk by supplying your system with bulk-forming whole brand. Yes, a daily bowl full of Kellogg's All Brand with milk helps put you right back in tune. The natural way. The good-tasting way, too. Fact is, Kellogg's All Brand is the one brand cereal that combines proved effectiveness with appetizing taste and crispness. It never gets mushy in milk. So remember, if constipation's a problem, gentle it away, as millions do, with Kellogg's All Brand. The good food way to keep regular as clockwork. A-double-L hyphen B-R-A-N. Kellogg's All Brand. At your grocer's. Heard in tonight's story were Leonard Stone as Walter Carlton, Melville Ruick as Martin Ross, and Ginger Jones as Emily Ross. Others heard in the cast were Peter Laser, Larry Haynes, Catherine Emmett, Neil Fitzgerald, and Raymond Edward Johnson. Listen again next week when we return with. End of the Road, written for suspense by Alan Sloan from a story by Eliezer Lipsky. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. On CBS Radio.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.